Hey everyone, I'm Dan Cortler, the host of TED Climate. Each episode, we unpack the problems and solutions of climate change. This season of the show, we're getting into some big ideas that make us optimistic about the future, like meat grown from cells and leather made from mushrooms. And the best part? We look at how building a greener future can be an upgrade instead of a sacrifice. Find and follow TED Climate wherever you're listening to this. This is a CBC Podcast. Yeah, come get your meat. It's Meatapalooza Sundays. You want one pound of meat? I gotcha. You want one pound of beef, chicken, fried chicken, chicken fried chicken steak, steak chicken fried, fried chicken steaks, chicken sausage. I got it for you, because we got meat on meat on meat. But I want to go for a salad. Shut up. Come get this Meatapalooza. It's hard to quit meat. Shut up. I want a hot dog right now. So how do we eat less of it? Hi, I'm Johanna Wagstaff, a meteorologist who has the meat sweats all of a sudden. And I'm Rohit Joseph, a journalist who just came back from Meatapalooza. It was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, was it like Fire Festival or Burning Man? <laughs> it was much better than those festivals. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, but for real, on this episode of 10 Minutes to Save the Planet, we're talking about eating less meat. I know, mm. it's a bummer. We've heard it over and over again, and it is one of the 10 actions that the United Nations recommends we take to help fight climate change. Yeah, and there's a reason why it's one of the top on the list that thing things that, that people can do. It's because animal agriculture is responsible for 18% of all greenhouse gases. You know, it's the it's the production, they're resource intensive, but there is a hierarchy when it comes to the badness of meat, and I think we all know beef is at the top. It's it's just their their goddamn multiple stomachs producing methane <laughs> as they try and break down all that food. And, of course, methane is one of the worst greenhouse gases. Well, poor cows. I mean, you yeah, know, know. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. It, it's, it really is our fault. Um, it's really our fault, yes. And, okay, and like many climate actions that are our fault, um, that we have to do this because it's our fault, uh, this is something we've known for a long time. So why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we just taking the steps that we know we need to do? Well, our brains are wired for old habits. It's hard to change them unless we force ourselves to think differently. So yes, that means meat. It's, it's really hard to quit. But we're going to get some help from a, a behavioral science expert because we need it. I'm Jiaying Zhao, but I go by Jay-Z. I'm a professor of psychology and sustainability at the University of British Columbia. So instead of be- eating beef every day, just cut it back. That would, you know, that would already help. One thing I've been advocating is um, make it a treat. So this is actually a tip from my friend Elizabeth Dunn, who's a happiness scientist. And that's what she advocates for is, you know, make something that you enjoy a treat. So if you like steak, all right, eat it on the, uh, you know, celebration, anniversary, as opposed to every day or every week. I think that the benefit there is that you're not only cutting back on that consumption, two is making it a treat renews our capacity to savor. So now we get to enjoy it more when we have it. I I absolutely love the way that Jay-Z reframes these things. Yeah, and I like that idea of savoring. Like, if you've ever tried to give up sugar for a couple days, when you finally have that sugar, it's like a punch to your tongue. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they're like happiness is an end result as well. 
And here's the thing. We do need some help with making vegetables tasty. I don't think all of us are experts at it. So guess what, Joe? I've got some friends along who can help us with that. Did you book the Jolly Green Giant? Nah, he he wasn't available. I'm sorry. Uh, But (laughs) I do know a chef who helps make the Jolly Green Giant's vegetables taste really good. I'm making some dal for today. I'm just putting it into a, a hot well here. Lentils are so important, honestly. They're such a such a healthy and delicious thing to eat. Like to me, that's probably my favorite legume, and they're so much faster to cook at home than beans. That's Carter Roan, chef at Bee Love Restaurant in Victoria. It's owned by Joe Cunliffe. And although the menu is plant-based, Joe says they don't really make it a statement. You know, we don't even say vegan or vegetarian anywhere really in the restaurant. Um, Why? Just because we want to be really inclusive and open and we want to make sure that, you know, everybody feels welcome here. And I personally don't think it's helpful to be too black and white and rigid about these things because there are different contexts and situations where your diet may change and it may feel right to do different things. And I've just seen so many people be really hard on themselves and feel like they made a mistake or let themselves down when they do something different. And I just don't think it should be like that. I love that idea. I mean, just just as there are, you know, hardcore vegans who, who you know, want, want everyone to go and have the every eat vegan meal together. I think there's a barrier with meat eaters. When you say we're going to a vegan restaurant, they they might not be super pumped about that. So trick them. <laughs> I think that's a key point. Uh, trickery. No, yeah. but, but, but in all seriousness, uh, Joe, the restaurant owner and Chef Carter, they were both raised in vegetarian families. So that social context makes a big difference because for them, it wasn't a big deal to eat a lot of vegetables. And that brings me to my next point about culture. Here's my conversation with Jay-Z. I think taste is number one factor when it comes to food, unfortunately. If it does, something doesn't taste good, there's no chance people are going to eat it. Um, so we have to make that food, plant-based food, tasty in the first place. Um, I mean, I think that's kind of the downside of the current plant-based movement is some food just doesn't taste so good. Um, and it's just kind of, I think it's a unreasonable ask to say, no, you got to kind of eat this awful tasting thing for the planet. That's not <laughs> the way to go. Um, I, I think, you know, improving gastronomy, right, improving how we prepare food. Like, that's a food literacy skill that we need to promote. How do we make plants more tasty? I think that's, like, an art. Yeah, it's totally an art. I mean, my salad is, like, lettuce with carrots and ranch dressing. Oh, that no. That is not inspiring. Oh, that's no. not art. <laughs> <laughs> I, I weep for you. Uh, yeah. Not because yeah, those like... vegetables couldn't be better, because they absolutely can, Joe. <laughs> yeah, um, know. You know, Chef Carter and restaurateur Joe, they both say that kind of food literacy is something everyone can learn, and it can start simple. I made some vegan fajitas one time, and it was so simple and easy to make at home, but it was just like all the flavors were delicious. It was so fun to to make it, and so that moment I was just kind of like, oh, you can make awesome food that's completely plant-based. I personally do like olive oil, salt, and pepper on a lot of things and throw it on the grill. Asparagus, zucchini, shiitakes, bok choy, those are all dishes I'm pumped to eat. Um, So yeah, go easy on yourself and just find things that excite you. And once you start to get more adventurous, Chef Carter was telling me, 
you could experiment with spices like cumin or just any spices from different cultures than yours. And that way you'll get some really tasty veggie dishes out of it. I've got some some studies that show just how big of an impact these small changes we make in our life can have when it comes to the big picture. So a big study backed by uh, the European Union looked at North American and British food and found that going vegan for just two-thirds of meals could cut food-related carbon emissions by 60%. And also really being conscious about when we choose that meat for a special occasion, really considering where we choose it from. You know, choosing meat that is high quality, uh, you know, the animals have been raised well, all of that actually does contribute to more environmentally friendly produced meat. And finally, I mean, my favorite reference guide, the IPCC UN Climate Science Report. I don't go through a day without <laughs> referencing it. They actually recommend that those who do eat meat consider a flexitarian diet. So you don't have to go full vegetarian. It's maintaining vegetables and fruits and grains and nuts and unsaturated oils, but also high quality meat and dairy just in quantities much lower mm. than we're currently consuming in these wealthier societies. Flex your flexitarian diet. I love that. Flex the flex. Let's do flex it. Flex the flex. Yep. In terms of takeaways for me, uh, you know, Homer Simpson once said, you don't win friends with salad. You don't win friends with salad. I mean, that's so catchy, but <laughs> let's try to flip it. Let's try to win friends with not just salad, but any vegetable-based dish, plant-based dish. I mean, personally, I like to me make a mean rajma. Rajma is a, a like kind of like an Indian version of chili, uh, just with oh. the beans. You just mix up the beans. You can do kidney beans. You can do red beans, whatever you like. Can you send me Mama Joseph's rajma dish? recipe yes i see i love that you knew it wasn't my truly my own recipe yes no. it is it is mama joseph's and i'll share that with you and maybe i'll share it with with other people who are interested yeah please do please do because i think for me it's actually kind of come down to planning so i've got the recipes i know i want to make two-thirds of my meal vegetarian i just need to plan ahead and that'll save me on all fronts uh money time and and hopefully uh i can flex my flex diet but that's it that's 10 minutes You've been listening to 10 Minutes to Save the Planet from CBC Podcasts. The show is written and hosted by Rohit Joseph and me, Johanna Wagstaff. Our producer is Teresa Lalonde. Sound design by Jill Constantine. Fabiola Carletti is our digital coordinating producer with assistance by Sean Lloyd. Our managing producer is Damon Fairless. Executive producers are Cecil Fernandez and Chris Oak. Tanya Springer is the senior manager of CBC Podcasts. And Arif Nurani is the director. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.